is the Michigan Panthers Review on 760 WJR. Sponsored by the Freddie the Pizza Man Foundation. For more information or to make a donation, visit freddythepizzaman.com. That's F-R-E-D-I thepizzaman.com. Here are your hosts, the Michigan Panthers play-by-play team, Chris Renwick and J.U. Kalkrick. Well, happy Friday to you. Welcome in. Um, J.U., I thought this was supposed to be spring football. Feels a lot like like it's fall outside. I, I don't... Thank God we're going to be in a in a dome this weekend at Ford Field because uh, we had some inclement weather last weekend down in Canton, and I don't know, it just... It, it feels an awful lot like fall other than spring. Yeah, it definitely does. It feels like late fall here, and uh, the rain isn't helping. But like you said, the beauty of it is we will be indoors at Ford Field, and it will be perfect weather. We're going to be indoors for four weeks. Uh, we've got a nice stretch of home games here. And, and, you know, I think when you look back over these last two games, in particular last week in Canton against Philly, because – you know, I remember talking to you before the game and, and thinking, all right, well, this team, you know, played in the championship last year. Uh, Cookus was dealing and, and, you know, they probably would have won that game if he didn't break his leg uh, in the championship game. And, and so you yeah. just expected them to be a high caliber football team. And I, I really, I think that's what we got. But on the other side of things, you know, the Panthers have the number one defense in the league. And they are very opportunistic. They're constantly turning the ball over. And then offensively, I mean, they're doing enough to score points. And then 131-yard effort by Reggie Corbin. I mean, everything kind of came into place. And they dispatched a Philly in a way that I don't know that I totally expected. Yeah, absolutely. It all started with that defensive front. Uh, they they got a lot of pressure on Cookus uh, because, he, he, like you said, he came in coming off a big game you know, throwing the ball really well, you know, had great connections with his receivers and uh, they disrupted him a lot. And I liked what they did in the back end of the defense to do a lot of disguises, do a lot of, uh, of movements that he couldn't be comfortable in the pocket. And offensively, if you can run the ball for over a hundred yards, you have an opportunity to win a football game because that opens up a lot of things offensively in your playbook. And and I think on 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 one side of that uh, defensive line, you know, certainly um, the, the guy that I think uh, everybody's going to continue to talk about is uh, a guy who's got a Super Bowl ring. I mean, Breland Speaks uh, has been playing at a very high clip. Uh, he's got two forced fumbles uh, over the first two games. But I thought, you know, at, at points in that game, especially early on, maybe the first – uh, in second quarter, um, I, I thought they were double teaming him a little bit and, and he wasn't getting as home as uh, I know he, he would have liked. But I thought Rondell Carter on the other side picked up a lot of slack because as much uh, attention that Speaks was getting, Rondell Carter was making hay on the other side. Yeah, he absolutely was because uh, Speaks did draw. You're absolutely right. Speaks drew um, more back coming out of the backfield you know that elbow in his wrist that free Carter up to yeah no and 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 again I mean I think that obviously the defensive front has been 
a, a huge, huge um, uh, a plus for this team. But I think when you start looking at the linebackers, guys like Patty Fisher, Frank Enda, Terry Myrick, Noah Hawkins has made play after play, and and, and Sandra Latham is another guy that it, it feels like, you know, that front seven is really solid. And and um, I went out and talked to Coach this week, Mike Nolan, and, and I asked them where they were at, at safety because I expected to see Delano Hill last week, the former Michigan safety. Um, and, and, of course, they're they're a little thin there. They, they brought somebody in. Um, uh, Tyree Richardson, who, who who hasn't yet played, but is another guy in that back end that they think that will be productive. But they've got a lot of guys, whether they're corners or safeties, that they feel they can plug and play. But I thought Corian Ballard and Sean Mahone, uh, certainly from that uh, one safety spot, and then Warren Saba on the other side, uh, played really well too. Yeah, they definitely played well. And I think one of the, if you're talking in the secondary here, you got to look at the corners. Their corners played really well. And you got to, you can't, you know, not mention Josh Butler. He had two terrific pass breakups in that game. Uh, for deep balls. And he had great technique, a hand on the hip, came down squat, just like you will be taught to do. Uh, that on the back end of things, the safeties and very well together. And and I'll tell you what, the other part in this too is, you know, even going back to the first week against Houston and and Kenji Bahar, I I just thought they did a nice job bottling them up because, you know, even going back to Monmouth, Bahar was a guy that didn't run a ton, but was elusive enough that it would hurt you if, if you, if you broke contain, right. If he was able to get out of that wall, that defensive lineman will, will build around him. Um, you know, he'll make you pay. He's not an athletic quarterback in the sense that he, you know, he runs a, a 4 4 40, but, but he's a guy that sees the field well enough that you're able to, to, to take off if you need to. And, and I guess from a, from a schematic standpoint, I'm curious what you think of this defense because they face kind of two different quarterbacks, right? Cookus was more of your pocket passer. Bahar has a little bit of athletic ability. He can get outside. He didn't really because they didn't let him. And so you see two different guys, and and it, I, I'm just wondering from a from a from a preparedness perspective, schematically, how that helps them going forward. Yeah, it helps them immensely because they can play, they can um, adjust to different types of quarterbacks and different types of offenses. You know, the first game of the season, they had to have more, they play with more contain. The defensive end couldn't be, couldn't crash down the offensive line like they would like to and just get there. They had to play contain and then have the linebackers come up and fill. This past week against, um, you know, the game in Canton there this past week, they, they the defensive end could be the line could be more aggressive and gave the the linebackers opportunity to go sideline to sideline and make those cleanup plays and those tackles. Offensively, I think over the last couple of weeks we, we've seen the emergence of Josh Love and and he had some snaps for this team last year, but he's taken a real uh, step forward I think and and um, just his command of the offense I think is really impressive, but but uh, you know. And, and and certainly Reggie Corbin had a really nice game last week, two touchdowns, 131 yards, offensive player of the week. Guys like Joe Walker, Ish Hyman on the outside, really good players. And then they go three tight ends a lot. Um, but but I've been really, really happy. I've been really encouraged by the way this offensive line is playing because they've been banged up. They've been trying some different combinations. And you well know as a former quarterback, 
Um, that is one of the hardest position groups to get right because everybody's got to be in sync. And and for you know large swaths of these games, they've been very much on the same page. Yeah, um, as a former running back, you love your offensive line to to be in sync. And one of the biggest questions coming in, it was the length of preparation that these teams get. You know, they don't have a traditional OTAs in the spring, and then they have, you know, voluntary uh, mini camps and Mm -hmm. off-season workouts, training camp and everything like that. They're coming in with three, four weeks to gel as a unit and get ready. And this offensive line has been one of the bright spots for the offense. I know um, Reggie Corbin is getting a lot of the love. Joe Walker's getting a lot of the attention and the love. Uh, Josh Love is, you know, getting all that attention as well. But this offensive line, the unsung hero of this offense right now. Uh, All right, we got to take a break. Coming up next, we're going to talk with Freddie the Pete's man, Freddie Bello, because um, not only is he a huge sports fan, not only is he a big Panthers fan, um, but he makes a, a, a heck of a pizza, and he's got a foundation that's helping a lot of kids uh, in our area. We'll talk to him. Also, coming up next uh, at, at about uh, 7.30, uh, we've got the one and only, the Cajun Cannon, Bobby A. Bear, sits down with us to have a conversation, remembers that 83 team, and what the Panthers meant to this city. Uh, All that and more as we continue on the Michigan Panthers Review Show right here on WJR. The Freddie the Pizza Man Foundation is dedicated to providing support to families and Michigan schools touched by autism. We invite you to join us in supporting these families and schools by making a donation at freddythepizzaman.com. With your donation, you can help provide essential resources that can make a real impact. Visit freddythepizzaman.com to make a donation and to learn more about the foundation's mission. That's F-R-E-D-I, thepizzaman.com. Together, we can make a difference. I'm Ann Thomas. Congratulations to the 2023 Women Who Lead class. Heather Ray, president and CEO of Common Ground, is dedicated to helping Michigan families in crisis. Well, the number one thing I've heard is we can't find help. We can't find a psychiatrist. We can't find therapists. So the workforce issue is felt not only by employers, but by people served. To learn more about Heather Ray, go to WJR.com. Special thanks to General Motors for supporting women who lead. Furnace stopped working, roof has a leak. You don't know where to turn or what company to trust. Just some of the emails the guys answer every day from homeowners around the country. The Inside Outside guys began 15 years ago with one mission, to help homeowners, period. If you need help finding a contractor or some advice with your home, go to theinsideoutsideguys.com. Listen every Saturday and Sunday morning at 10 a.m. only on AM 760 WJR. The Inside Outside Guys are sponsored in part by Diamond Coat Siding. Residing your home or building new? Diamond Coat Building Products offers over 20 siding colors that will bring your exterior dreams to life, including solid colors, two-tone colors inspired by stained cedar, and the option to create your own custom color. Their durable finish won't peel, chalk, or fade for 30 years, leaving you to enjoy life without the worry about siding upkeep. See the difference by getting your free sample at diamondcoatsiding.com. That's diamondkotesiding.com. Our thanks to Freddie the Pizza Man, sponsor of this Michigan Panthers review. For more information or to make a donation, visit freddythepizzaman.com. That's F-R-E-D-I, thepizzaman.com. Now back to Chris Renwick and J.U. Call Crick. 
All right, welcome back. Getting you ready for kickoff Sunday from Ford Field. First time in decades the Panthers are back in town. And we got a very special show tonight, and, and it's happening really based in part from a, a wonderful guy in our community. Not only is he a great man, but he makes a great pie as well. Uh, Freddie the Pizza Man, of course, has got the shop over in Melvindale, and he has a wonderful foundation. It's called the Freddie the Pizza Man Foundation, and it's it, it, it targets – uh, children with autism and and tries to make life a little easier for him, bringing awareness to this really important issue. And Freddie uh, joins us tonight uh, here on WJR. Freddie, what's up, man? Hey guys, how are you? Can I say one? Can I say one thing about the Michigan Panthers? I'm I'm old enough to remember when they beat the Philadelphia Stars for the championship game. I'll tell you that. That was what, what do you, you what do you remember hey, you about that about that run in '83? Man, that was, you know, I don't remember the run in general, but I just remember when the league happened, how exciting it was. And what I remember the most, how many great players were in the USFL. You know, it's different now, but, you know, back then they weren't paying much in the NFL. These players had a choice and uh, they were paying as much or even more in the USFL. So you had so many big names. Billy Sims is one of them, the Lions, that was going to go to the USFL because he was going to get more money and, and, uh, you know, Reggie White, and you can go on and on and on, and, and uh, Jim Kelly and, and uh, Anthony Carter here with the Michigan Panthers beating the Philadelphia Stars. It was it was a great time, and people my age remember all that. And and uh, I'm looking forward to the, the year and uh, hoping we get another championship, man. Two for two, that would be great. Yeah, it would be great. And, and you know, it's funny because back then, I mean, the Lions weren't great, and and it it really lended itself for another football, another pro football team in this town, and and for whatever reason, I mean, Freddie, obviously, besides the championship, I mean, there is a there is a a, a a fondness to this team that people remember, and then of course they went out west and and merged with Oakland, and 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 then they kind of went away, but but fans still remember that run, fans still remember that championship, and all the guys that played Bobby A. Bear, obviously, and. And it, it 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 was a fun time, fun memories, and and the fact that the USFL is back and that there's some juice behind it, I think is it makes it a little more fun. Um, I wanted to ask you too, what did you think of uh, uh, round one last night in the NFL draft? Uh, the the Lions made a couple of, of decisions. What were your take on those? Well, just like everyone else, shocked, you know, running back in the first round. But uh, you know, I don't I don't want to I don't want to criticize the pick. Uh, too much because uh, if it helps us win games, that's that's obviously the most important thing. I just think with the Lions that they're going to try to run the ball, stop the run, play tough defense, and uh, and uh, kill the clock as much as possible. And uh, they're just basically telling you, and I, I don't mean this in a bad way. They're basically telling you, golf is a good quarterback, but serviceable. Let's let's give them let's give them running back, some tight ends and stop the run, and maybe we can win 10, 11 games getting the playoffs. That's that's kind of my thinking behind it, and uh, nothing against golf, but uh, it, it, fun times ahead. That's all I can really say. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, it, not what I expected, what I, but, you know, it, 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 it could turn out pretty good. Um, yes. Obviously, you, you know, you make a great pie. You're a decorated pizza chef, and um, you, you do tremendous work uh, out at the store in Melvindale, Freddie the Pizza Man. Uh, you had Portnoy from Barstool Sports come out, test it out, gave you a really great score. How's business been for you? Business is fantastic. Uh, even after two years, they're still standing in line. And, uh, you know, we're getting everyone in and uh, as much as possible, fast as possible. Even the other day, I had people in from Alaska. The day before, I had people in from Mexico. 
and uh, they're still traveling in. And that's that's kind of really my my biggest takeaway from all of it is uh, I love seeing everybody. I don't care if you're from Westland or or Mexico. It just it just amazes me how little Melvindale. Everyone comes <laughs> to Little Melvindale, and with four thousand people, and um, you know I just you know even before he came, my, my goal is to make people happy and the way I do it is I make people happy through food and uh, I do the best that I can. Well, you're very successful at it. Cause every time I've come in, I've been very, <laughs> I've been very happy. Uh, and I didn't, I wasn't even aware that people in Alaska knew what pizza was. So that's good to know. I'm glad they're, they're making their way around. That's good. Well, they, they don't make good pizza there. So that's, that's right. Yeah. That's, 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 the, that's, the, that's, it. that's exactly it. Hey, Sorry, for, Alaska. For, yeah, apologies to, to our friends up, up North. Um, you know, Freddie, obviously, um, you have been called almost to a higher calling. Um, you, you do such great work at, at in the pizza world, but but you've almost you've spun that into a different um, phase of your life, and and that's through the the Freddie the Pizza Man Foundation, and and you're helping children with autism, at uh, all over the spectrum. And, and I'm, I want you to just tell the people a little about uh, what you do with the foundation, um, and and how you make your way around the communities here. Well, thank well, thank you for that, and I. Yes, it's a it's a different cause, and, uh, and honestly, it's the biggest thing. Besides my my family, my my wife and my kids, it's the biggest thing in my life. As much as pizza is, pizza's given me everything I've wanted in my life, but it, it has given me a higher calling. Uh, obviously, with my son diagnosed with autism, it's changed my life. It's changed my spirit. It's changed my perspective toward life. And uh, my my number one goal is to help as many people possible affected uh, with autism through their family, through their, um, whether it's immediate family or somebody in their family. Many people nowadays are affected through autism. And uh, my way of giving back is equipping uh, center rooms in Michigan school. So I, if I, I can't help a parent directly, because I understand what it is to be a parent with a child with autism, but indirectly, I can help them by equipping sensor rooms in Michigan schools. So when they go there, the children, they have a, they have a better place to uh, decompress and uh, have a, uh, they're having a few bad moments. They have a, uh, some space to go to and kind of get back to learning. Um, so we, they can be just, just like you and I is all, is all I, is all I want in life. Well, it, it, it's amazing. And the money that you raise through the foundation, what, what kind of items go in these sensory rooms? Um, normally, you'll see uh, ball pits, uh, swings, fidgets, uh, sprinkled out throughout the room. And, um, you know, the children will go in. Obviously, any child, you know, sees a swing or a ball pit, they're going to be so excited. But uh, for, a children with, for a child with autism, that, that's like the world to them. And uh, when they go in... And they, they get to decompress and just get away from that bad moment for a minute or two or three minutes. How big it was for my son. And um, I just know when I sit with these teachers, how much it means to them. Uh, you know, I, the, the state is not really helping. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just glad I can help in a small way. And what, what are the reactions from administrators or teachers or uh, parents of, of these children uh, who are benefited from these sensory rooms, what, what are their reactions when you come in and, and renovate and, and, and get a, 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 a place for them to go in and, and cope and learn and uh, make their way through their school days? Well, honestly, uh, a, lot, a lot of them cry on the spot, you know, and 
and uh, which which I get embarrassed and uh, you know I I don't I, I don't look for that, but they cry on the spot and because they know how much they know how much it means to them. They know how how much is going to help them and uh, you know 100 percent of the donations to freethepizzaman.com go go towards sensory room. So they they're amazed how easy it is. There's no there's no red tape. There's no middleman. Uh, we're not paying shareholders. We're not doing any of that stuff. There, you, you contact me and say, listen, we're, we're equip a sensory room. How can you help? Well, just tell me, you know, do you have a sensory room? Do you have equipment? Tell me what you need. And I'm going to do the best to get you everything that you need in that room. And we don't, we don't write checks. We actually buy the equipment and we have it shipped. And uh, it's really, it's really as simple as that. I run it like a pizzeria. I, my hands are on every pizza. My hands are on every sensory room. That's just the way I believe. That's the way I do things. And that's the way I'm going to remain. Well, and, and it, it keeps you very busy, but you're, the, the cause is so worthwhile. And I know so many people appreciate it. How do people get involved if they want to get involved, whether it's through donations or, or, or any way that, that they can help you out? How, how do they get involved? The best way is, um, is uh, go to freythepizzaman.com. Uh, you can donate that way. Uh, I know a lot of people ask me to, to volunteer and, and stuff like that, and uh, we don't need a lot of volunteers except when it comes to uh, special events that we do. Um, but uh, just donate and just know that that money that you're donating is going to a classroom um, or, or, or an arena that we're doing. It's 100% of it's going there. That, to me, to me, that's the most important thing. That's why I'm very transparent on social media. When I do a room, I tell people how much room it was, where it's going, because I want people to know that where it's going. Because I know, I know, with a lot of charities, there's a lot of great charities out there. There really sure. is, but there's so many out there that, you, you honestly, it's the honest, honest truth is you don't know where that money's going. Sure. And, and I just want people to know. Because I have a child with autism, I live this life every day. I, I, I live it. I understand it. I don't understand. I, even having a child with autism, I don't understand everything. My wife is the pro when it comes to all that sure. stuff. But I'm a dad, and I understand what it is to be a dad 24 hours a day when my son is up, and he's up, he's up, and he's up, he's right. down, he's up and down. I understand all that. And um, I promise you I'm going to do the best I can to help. Well, and, and you care, obviously, for your son, your family, and, and that obviously, it, it shows when you build these sensory rooms uh, all around Metro Detroit, the state of Michigan. And, and by the way, if you want to donate, if you want to get involved with Freddy the Pizza Man and, the, and his foundation, it's F-R-E-D-I, Freddy, F-R-E-D-I, the pizza man, dot com. Uh, Freddie, appreciate everything you do. Thank you for getting involved with us, and, and we wish you the best going forward uh, pizza-wise. Uh, and, uh, and and the foundation, and we we pray that you're able to find sleep somewhere. <laughs> and you as well. I appreciate you guys as well too. And let's uh, let's get a championship for the Michigan Panthers. Uh, that would be a fun fun year. And then we'll top it off with the Lions. <laughs> Your lips to God's ears. Freddie the Pizza Man here on WJR. Thanks, Freddie. Thanks, guys. This is the Michigan Panthers Review on Michigan's home for Panthers football, 760 WJR. Tonight's show is brought to you by the Freddy the Pizza Man Foundation. For more information or to make a donation, visit freddythepizzaman.com. That's F-R-E-D-I thepizzaman.com. All right, welcome back. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny it, because... 
there is such an excitement level just kind of bubbling uh, over the next, really, a couple days. I mean, this is going to come to a head because for the first time in decades, the Panthers are back in the mission. They're back in the mitten. They're here. And uh, the I've been talking to fans after, and everybody is excited about it. And, you know, going back to 83, I mean, there was already kind of a fever pitch about the Panthers. Um, and, and there were so many well-known names on that team. Obviously, Anthony Carter, uh, who played for, for the University of Michigan. But the quarterback for that team uh, was not only a really great football player, but a real champion for the Panthers and the USFL. Of course, they went on to win the championship in 83. Uh, the the Cajun cannon, if you will, Bobby A. Bear, uh, of course, uh, now uh, works with the uh, New Orleans Saints, of course, played for the Saints as well, but he won a championship in 83, and he joins us this evening here on WJR. Uh, Bobby, great to have you with us. Yeah, well, I'm glad to be here. I tell you what, time flies. Uh, it'll be 40 years in July when we won that championship, and you know, it was kind of a magical uh, season considering coming from Northwest Louisiana and and winning the championship and being the MVP of that game and beating the Philadelphia Stars and, and Mile High Stadium in Denver that 50,000-plus at the game. So uh, the USFL, if you look at the number of players that played in that league, probably the greatest sack getter ever, Reggie White, you know, Memphis Showboats, you go on and on, you know, Donald Trump owning the Generals and mm-hmm. – and you had Herschel Walker, you had Doug Flutie. So you had uh, players from all over, Steve Young with the L.A. Express. But to play in Michigan, I knew it was truly special Special to play with a guy like Anthony Carter. And uh, my understanding, the reason why that number one jersey is at University of Michigan with a stud player is because of A.C. and the whole crowd just uh, chanting A.C., A.C. <laughs> so I knew if I could get the ball in his hands, he'd make me look good and throwing him bombs and – that's where I actually got the nickname Cajun Cannon uh, was in Michigan. Kurt Sylvester with the Detroit Free Press. I uh, uh-huh. throwing bombs to Anthony Carter and saying, oh, there's a Cajun Cannon out there. And, Unbelievable. Uh, you know, and, and so that's how the nickname came about. It's not from Louisiana. It was actually uh, from Michigan. And, you know, just to win that championship, I look at, you know, people in the Michigan, Ohio area, uh, kind of uh, – where football is a priority, kind of like in the Deep South, when you look mm-hmm. at the SEC, and I always felt that that playing in Michigan, that you're representing a community, and uh, we benefited from the Lions not winning at that time, and uh, we were winning. So, uh, you know, it was like almost the curse of Bobby Lane, I think it was that in the late 50s, when he ended up leaving the Lions, kind of mm-hmm. like the Babe Ruth football version, they're not going to win anything. But uh, for us to win uh, that championship, I can remember, I think the Lions had like Billy Sims, the running back from Oklahoma, and the quarterback. They had a couple of quarterbacks, Eric Hippel and Gary Daniels. Yep. And and, and I really think with us winning the championship, and I think I'm objective uh, about this, because I look at our roster, the difference between us and the NFL at the time, it wasn't the starters, we just didn't have the depth that you see in the NFL. But I think out of the 28 teams, I think we'd have been anywhere – from like 10 to 14, and the reason why I say that, I mean, I look at the number of players that after the USFL, when it wasn't around, they all end up starting in the NFL. I look at our offensive line, like Wayne Radloff, University of Georgia, started off with uh, the Falcons. Our two guards, Tom Darnbrook 
out of Kentucky, and then you had uh, Fred McGriff from FAMU. Uh, they both uh, started with the Steelers. Ray Penny, University of Washington, started with the Steelers. And then we had uh, from University of, of Michigan, Chris Godfrey. And, uh, and, uh, and he ended up starting off at guard for the Giants, but he was a, a tackle. Bottom line is our whole offensive line. Pro, they were up, pros, NFL, NFL. You know, line. starting in the NFL. Yeah. So we had that stability. You know, uh, the, he had uh, Ken Lacy. I mean, I, I, I look uh, the receiving core. I mean, uh, Derek uh, Holloway, and then you had Anthony Carter and Mike Cobb at tight end. He yep. played with the Bears. So uh, we all had, we all had, uh, you know, yeah, pro experience that it wasn't. And then with Coach Stanley, I never forget this though, Michigan Panther coach. Stanley would always say, "And I don't want no dogs that won't hunt. We don't want any <laughs> porch dogs on this team." And uh, but I remember one time and. We're getting ready to play, I think, uh, San Antonio or something. And we were favored by a lot. And he goes, well, yeah, you can bet all the grapes in Italy, they'll be coming after your ass. So he was one of those country <laughs> guys. And he was the original, when you think about this, he was part of the Junction Boys yep. in, in Texas with uh, Bear Bryant. Mm-hmm. So that, that was some old school. So that's when you really had two days and tough practices. But uh, I couldn't have been in a better place to start my career with the Michigan Panthers and then uh, winning the championship and, and I, I still get a lot of fan mail from the people in Michigan, how much they appreciate that, you know, football cars to sign and all. Yeah. All that well, look, and, 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 you know, it's funny. I've been talking to a lot of fans, and everybody brings you up. And because, look, I think you're right, obviously, with, with, with some of the issues the Lions were having at the time and, and the success that you guys had, it was it was infectious. And, and I think people are starting to feel that again, especially Panthers are, are 2-0 to start the year. You know, obviously, talent aside, because you had plenty of it on that team in 83 – what was it about the USFL and that kind of startup league, and then and then kind of the makeup of of your roster and 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 why that team ended up being so special on the field, but then special for for the fans off the field. Uh, there was really competition for the USFL uh, to compete with the NFL. Now to compete, I say not to move and go head to head against the NFL in the fall, but stay more in the spring and the summer. I, I remember a conversation. I had with Jim Kelly, and, and he said, hey, Bear, look, uh, you got to get the money while you can. If you're good enough, you'll end up in the NFL anyway, if, if that's, you know, your goals long-term, whatever, because, you know, he went with the Houston Gamblers before uh, the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. The same thing with Steve Young when he went uh, with the L.A. Express. Uh, you, you know, even look, look at Reggie White. Yep. Well, he ended up going with the Memphis Showboat. So uh, I, I think it was a legit G- a league uh, financially. Now, one reason, um, you know, I think that was a mistake by Donald Trump and all the owners trying to move it to the fall because you can't compete head-to-head with sure. the NFL. But it, it was not it was not a farm league. It was legit starters. You can look at every position, and that players end up going uh, to, to the NFL from the USFL. They end up being Pro Bowl players. Mm-hmm. So I always viewed that as uh, even, even more. You look at competitive leagues, even – the different formula format, how the USFL is today in the XFL, but uh, or even then you had NFL Europe and all that stuff. Uh, no, I, I'm telling you, the main difference was you just didn't have the depth of like you see like an NFL team. But as far as starters, you had a, a number of legit starters in the USFL that also, uh, you know, was uh, like I said, Pro Bowl level even even in the NFL and and uh, and. 
the bottom line is, you know, we're winning. We started winning. Uh, we have 60,000 people, uh, you know, in the Silver Dome. Yeah. So, uh, they, you know, they were supporting us. And um, and it's a shame that, uh, you know, if I can recall, you know, we're there in 83 and 84. So since, um, you know, we, we had expanded, the USFL had expanded. I think they should have stayed at 12 teams instead mm-hmm. of 18. But it had expanded. And then we were uh, going to plan to move to the fall. I remember Alfred Tomman. Yep. You know, who owned the Michigan Panthers. Well, my understanding is he was uh, buddy buddies with the Ford family, and he didn't want to go head to head with mm. them uh, in the fall. So that's when we merged with the Oakland Invaders. Yep. And went out, um, you know, to California. And to show you how good we were, we went to the championship that year. We played in the Meadowlands and we lost. But that was really the Michigan Panthers that they were out, yeah. uh, you know, in California. And, you know, and, and uh, you know, you, you play long enough, you the relationships yep. that you develop. You know, uh, played against Coach Mara and won the championship uh, with the Stars in 83, and then they beat us in 85, and then he was my coach with the Saints. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's amazing how everything goes around. No, there is no doubt about that. Everything goes around. Well, people are excited. People still talk about this team. People still talk about you. Um, and uh, I, I understand you're going to be in town for the game, so we look forward to seeing you. Bobby E. Bear, thank you so much for the time. And, uh, and best as always, look forward to talking with you soon. Finding great people to hire is like trying to find a needle in a haystack. It's pretty difficult, right? Well, ZipRecruiter has mastered finding a needle in a haystack, so they take it to the next level. They make hiring so simple that it's like finding a needle in a needle stack. And that's why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. Here's what it's like to use ZipRecruiter. They have so many qualified candidates that it's easier to find the right ones for your roles. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. That's a lot of needles. So how do they do it? ZipRecruiter's powerful technology sends you candidates who are a great match for your job, and you can even invite your top choices to apply. So if you want less hay and more needles, head to ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com free. That's ZipRecruiter.com F-R-E-E. ZipRecruiter.com free. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Don't pay don't final go rhino shield never paint your house again rhino shield Margaret Cheryl here with rhino shield ceramic house coatings asking the question that every michigan homeowner wants the answer to how can i put an end to exterior home maintenance once and for all but isn't painting your house every few years a michigan summer tradition it is for most people but not for the thousands of homeowners who chose rhino shield permanent house paint they never have to paint again and have more time for summer traditions that people actually enjoy like what? Climbing ladders? Or paying a painter to paint the house that doesn't last? Like boating, camping, time with a family, anything but painting again. So why doesn't everyone paint their house one last time with Rhino Shield? Those who haven't are probably wondering the same thing. They should probably call right away for a free quote consultation. Call us now at 248-814-7600 and save 10% off. If you ever thought about Rhino Shield for your home or business, you're going to want to call right now at 248-814-7600 or online rhinoshieldmi.com. No Limits Fishing Adventures is excited to announce a partnership with the City of New Baltimore to bring you the 2023 Bay Area Sports Show and Bay Area Fishing Tournament July 21st through the 22nd in downtown New Baltimore on the shores of Lake St. Clair in the Walter and Mary Burke Park. Friday and Saturday evening, a food truck rally, street vendors, live music outdoors, and 
Thanks for listening to the Michigan Panthers Review, sponsored by the Freddy the Pizza Man Foundation. For more information or to make a donation, visit freddythepizzaman.com. That's F-R-E-D-I, thepizzaman.com. Here are the play-by-play voice and color commentator for the Michigan Panthers on WJR, Chris Renwick and J.U. Kalkrick. All right, welcome back to the Michigan Panthers preview show. Chris Renwick, J.U. Kalkrick with you. Um, you know, J.U., I, I, we've been talking about this uh, amongst us over the last couple of weeks, and, and it's just been, all right, let's get through week one. Let's get a dub, move on to week two, because you get a big game against Philly. All right. Let's get through Philly because we're going home. And and I, I think, you know, I've been talking to a lot of people and and there is a definite sense of excitement. There is a sense of homecoming. And and look, I think when when something that you had and had success with and were a fan of and then it goes away, you, you almost feel like you had the carpet pulled from underneath you. And so the fact that they're back, the fact that they're back in, in the Detroit area, they're, they're playing at, once again, the home of the Detroit Lions. Um, it, it There is just, there's a certain level of excitement that I don't know that I've necessarily felt at any of the other venues, whether it was in Memphis or, or in Canton. Yeah, no, no, that excitement can't be matched with what's going to be happening on Sunday night here at Ford Field. Um, you know, you mentioned it. We we did talk about it. Hey, want to know, you know, the following week, hey, you know, if we go 2-0, it's going to be an electric field at home. The fans get it. I was out today. I had a lunch meeting and, you know, someone, you know, I was talking to this guy. He was like, yeah, you know, I'll be going to the Panthers game. My mom was a cheerleader uh, back the last time that they were oh. here and they're going to be having a reunion as well on the field. And, you know, so all that excitement there, but you know who also get it too? The players and the coaches, yeah. they know what this team means to the city of Detroit and the state of Michigan. They wanted to go, 2-0 to be coming home to this excitement. And I think Ford Field will be electric on Sunday night. Yeah, I think so too. And and again, I think they're doing it right. And and whether it is honoring the the cheerleaders from back in the 80s. Um, you know, Bobby A. Bear, who we just heard from, uh, great guy. He's gonna be in town, uh, meeting the fans, shaking hands and, and and talking with people, and um, he'll be honored during the game. Heck, I know that you are you you I, I know that you're excited to do the game. But I know that you're also excited to catch up with Big E. That's your guy. Uh, he's going to be doing in-game uh, stuff uh, <laughs> during the. So I look this, the fever pitch is there. Yeah, the excitement's there. Everything's there. Big E uh, had the, you know he's a big WWE wrestler now. Played against him when he was at Iowa playing uh on the defensive line at Iowa so it's it's gonna be an exciting time you know and I if you're listening to this and you don't have tickets yet go out and get a ticket this is going to be an event that you you want to be the the return of the Panthers at home they're coming home you know, with a 2-0 record uh playing very high level football playing good football offensively defensively and on the special team side of things so it'll be an exciting time and it'll be great for the family to get out Look, and, and the greatest part of all of this is it's 10 bucks. I mean, it, in a world where, you know, you're, you're dealing with high inflation and everything's more expensive and maybe you haven't been able to get to a game. Maybe you haven't been able to go to a Red Wing game or a Tiger game. Look, you want to go see a professional football game, 10 bucks. You get into Ford Field and you have a good time. It's that simple. And 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 there isn't a whole lot of, uh, 
uh, um, uh, huge expenses that come with it. So th- that's another reason why this league, why this team, I think, and these fans are so excited because it's it's incredibly accessible. All right, so you got the the, the Generals of New Jersey here. Uh, they played in a tight game last week. They beat Pittsburgh, um, and and their quarterback Dakota Pruckup has it kind of been up and down. I mean, he he's at a, a sixty eight percent completion percentage, um, but he hasn't thrown the 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 touchdowns that maybe he had expected at this point in the season. Um, and I guess I'm just wondering where you're at because he's been, he's been good. Um, but I'm just wondering, I, I guess what your thoughts are of him have been, um, they haven't really gotten out to the fastest of starts offensively, but the one in one, um, and, and he can spin it a little bit. Yeah, he definitely can spin it, but he's definitely a quarterback that relies on the run game. He has to have some type of run game so he can be, you know, free to to open up the open up the playbook because, you know, they've been in games where they had to be one dimensional a little bit. They had to be in positions where you knew that they were going to throw the football. So um, if they can get a run game established, you know, he's going to be comfortable out there and uh, he might have a day. But you know, with the defense that's, that that the Panthers have, it's their jobs, it's, you know, Speaks, it's Carter, all those guys' responsibility to make him feel uncomfortable and those fans in the stands make him feel uncomfortable. Darius Victor offensively is their leading rusher. Uh, a, a played uh, at, at his college ball at uh, Towson, 5'8", uh, about 210. Um, but he's been their leading rusher so far uh, this season. Uh, and, and in fact, he's just behind Reggie Corbin, uh, number two in all of the USFL. Um, he's got 160 total yards. He's got one rushing touchdown. Um, again, kind of a smaller guy, but but he packs a punch from the backfield. Yeah, he definitely does. And he's, he's a guy that he, he gets the steam going, going forward. He's hard to tackle, um, you know, linebackers, D, DBs, they're going to have to take him low and make sure they wrap up with him. Uh, he's a guy that you want to be able to bottle up and contain. And so far this year, the Panthers defense have been smothering against the run game. Uh, defensively, Chris Orr, their, their linebacker, uh, has been their best tackler so far. He's got 18 tackles on the year. Um, and, and he's just a guy that that'll not afraid to go in and get his nose dirty. Yeah, he's a guy that he, like you said, he he will go and get his nose dirty. But something I like about him, he has the ability to go sideline to sideline. He he's um, agile like that. And also too, there will be times where he will, you know, act, mug up in in the a gap, b gap, and drop back into pass coverage there. So you have to keep an eye on him because he's a, he's a pretty good all around linebacker. You know, I go. I think the 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 excitement and and all of those things that play into a game like this, right? You, you played in a lot of big games, whether it was at Michigan State uh, or or in the NFL, B- Buffalo Jets, wherever. Um, what is that like from a player perspective? When 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 there's a lot of hype about a game, you're going into it. Um, you want to show up. Maybe it's your first home game in front of your fans. In this case, it's been decades. So, is there nerves? How do you deal with that as a player? Yeah, it's it's uh there's a lot of 
anxiousness, anxiety, you know, to get out there because you want to put on a good show. You talked about coming back home 2-0 in front of the home crowd, you know, for the first time in 40 years. You talk about those things, that excitement's there all through the week, you know, is leading up to that. You're going to have family, you know, come into town to watch you play. You have to, you know, wor worry about ticket requests, all these different things. But at the end of the day, once you step on the field and you step between those lines, it's regular football and you have to have that mindset. Um, what, what do you think the keys are to this game? And, and we'll obviously talk about it Sunday when we hit the air at, at four o'clock. But um, from your perspective, what do you think? What do you think uh, Michigan's got to do here to get it done? Uh, one of the biggest that one of the biggest keys is you know they got to control their emotions, uh, keep your poise in the noise. It's a home game. There's going to be a big crowd. The biggest crowd that they've seen this season will be there. Uh, they can't get caught up in the lights. They can't get caught up of the fact that they're playing in the NFL stadium. Uh, you know, keep their composure, keep their poise in the noise there. And they have to continue to establish that running game. They have to continue to feed Corbin the ball. Um, and Josh Love has to be able to take care of the football. Last week, he threw two interceptions. Uh, he can't do that. You know, he has to be able to take care of the football. And that defensive line has to be active again. Yeah, and, and you mentioned turnovers. I'm going to take another the other perspective here. I, I think that, you know, they're plus five in the turnover margin. Uh, that is by far the best in, in the USFL. Um, and, and in a league where you know, you've got a running clock. So if there's a, an incomplete pass 10 minutes into the, the, uh, the, the first quarter, that clock's going to continue to run, which is a, a different rule than college, certainly in the NFL, but it's one that it makes every possession uh, offensively so much more important because you got to get points. You got to get them as quickly as you can, because again, even if you're down by 18 points uh, with just a couple of minutes left, you're never out of the game. And so all of these possessions offensively are so vital. So the fact that they're turning the ball over and giving Josh love, giving guys like Reggie Corbin opportunities to score, I think is going to be absolutely huge. So if they can keep that momentum up, especially in front of a home field crowd, I think they win this game. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, you hit on it. Every possession matters. They have to, you know, offensively, you, you're in an offensive meeting room. You always talk about you end every, you end every drive with a kick that being an extra point mm -hmm. or a punt you know so you don't want to you know have turnovers you don't want to you know go three and out right away sustain drives and end every drive with a kick all right it's going to be very exciting uh four o'clock ford field uh ten dollar tickets and of course right here on wjr your home of michigan panthers football myself ju kalkrick have the call for you at four o'clock sunday from ford field have yourself a wonderful night, a wonderful Saturday, and we'll catch you Sunday downtown. Have a good one.